to the High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Put your hands together and give Jesus some praise in the house today. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. We're excited to be here today. We thank God for his presence. And I believe it's felt all in this room. Thank God for every single one of you. And we thank God for our pastor in his absence. Amen. Uh, we are once again just ecstatic, excited to be standing before you today. And as you just saw in the video, we're going to be dealing with something that we feel is very important to our faith as we continue to press forth in Christ Jesus. Lord. So God, we just give you free reign in this room. We ask that you have your way. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer in Jesus' name. Amen. I praise this including today over the next five weeks. We will be dealing with a series called Creed as you just saw. Between the pastoral staff, we will break down the Apostles' Creed. We feel that this is something that is needed for the church. We are doing this because we feel as a body of believers, we must have unified clarity on what we believe, why we believe. There's going to come a day of testing if it hadn't happened to you already where someone's going to challenge your faith. They're going to challenge what you believe in. They're going to challenge what you stand for. And you must be ready. And on the flip side of that, if you're not ready, sometimes you need to be man and woman enough to tell them, let me go home and study and I'll get back to you. Because the last thing we want to do is shame the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when we stand, we need to be able to stand boldly and know the word. Let that word that richly dwells in us do what it's supposed to do. Hallelujah. And so as we travel through this week by week, our prayer is that we, the members of HPC, will become more uh, understanding that we are to be competent and confident. We are to be competent and confident. Do what you do for God. And know that can't nobody do it like you. It's not about comparison. I teach this in growth track every month. It's not about me against him or her against him and this person against that person. No. You need to do what you do. And know that can't nobody do it like you do it. Everybody in this room, you need to touch yourself and say, I am the best at what I do. Go ahead, just operate in your faith. Say, I am the best at what I do. It's not to brag. It's not to boast. It's just to understand that God wants you to be competent in who you are and the call, the purpose that he has on your life. He wants us to understand even beyond that, that you need to know who you are and you need to know whose you are. And on top of that, you need to know what you believe and know why you believe what you believe. 
think I need to say that again. You need to know who you are. You need to know whose you are. You need to know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. Because people all the time want to test us. Let's see about these Christians. Let's see do they know they work their word. They, they will come and they will try us. And if we've been walking in his word and doing our part, then the Holy Spirit will begin to stir inside of us an anointing that will shut down the greatest enemy that could ever rise up against us. And so... I said all that to say this, that again, we live in a world where there is so much spiritual identity theft. The enemy is trying to steal our identity. He's trying to take our identity. He's trying to have us so confused that we don't understand who we are while we're here. We belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to his kingdom. He's filled me with his precious Holy Spirit. I'm anointed for this, for this season and for this reason, for this purpose. Born research shows staggering percentages of Christians worldwide who have no clue on how to begin explaining why Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? The numbers are staggering of Christians who have no clue on how to explain why Jesus, why Christianity, why the ecclesia, why the church, why the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about staggering numbers as far as Christianity is concerned because Bonner Research is showing that there are now over three billion confessing Christians. Many, many years ago, it was 2.1, 2.2, but now they're saying that there are close to three, over three billion confessing Christians. And I need you to hear what I'm saying, confessing Christians. Because I've taught this and I'll always teach this. I've been teaching this for many, many years that it is important to understand that there is a difference between being saved and being transformed. There's a lot of people that are saved, but everybody's not transformed. And if you want to make God happy, if you want to please God, then you need to understand that God is looking for people to be transformed into his glorious image. Listen, if you look the same way you looked five years ago, you have not been transformed. As a matter of fact, if you look the same way you looked last week, spiritually, you have not been transformed. The Bible says that we ought to be transformed into what? The glorious image of Jesus Christ. So it is imperative that we clarify what we believe in a world that we live in today. Because in this world, I've discovered that there is so much division. I've discovered that there is so much deception the Bible talks about in the last days, the hearts of many will wax cold. In the last days, men will believe even fairy tales. The Bible says that so many in the last days will look like wolves, appear as wolves, will be wolves in sheep clothing. 
The Bible says that, referring to the church, dogs have crept in unawares. This is all in our Bibles. This is what it says. And you know it and I know it because we all got to deal with it. We live in a, in a time where there's so much spiritual warfare going on. We're in battles every day of our lives, fighting for our lives, fighting for our families, fighting for our children. Fighting to stay sane inside of a world that's trying to drive us crazy. I know all of you have been raised in church, but I, I had a little background that wasn't. And somebody wrote a song a long time ago, and I hope y'all don't know it. But if you do, just lift your hand and show me that you know it. It said, don't push me because I'm close to the... I, I, I got some people over here that know. I'm trying not to lose my head. That's the society that we live in now. The enemy is trying to drive us crazy. This is why we need the God that we serve so that he can come in and give us the peace and the joy that keeps us sane, that keeps us grounded. It is so important. After all, 1 Peter 3.15 says, Honor Christ and let him be the Lord of your life. And the B clause of this statement, I love it. It says, and always be ready to give an answer when someone asks about your hope, your faith, what you believe in, what you stand for. I think I'll repeat the B clause of this text again. First Peter 3.15, the B clause says, and always be ready to give an answer when someone asks about your hope, your faith, what you believe in, what you stand for. We should always be ready. And always being ready means that I have to be prayed up, I have to be studied up, I have to know who I am, whose I am. I got to know something. So we're dealing with creed today. Why creed? What is a creed? I thought this was funny. But as I began studying this, and maybe this will make sense to some of you, I, when I received the text message, that they wanted to do a series, I said, okay. They said, we're going to talk about the Apostles' Creed. And I said, okay. And I began to think because I said, it's been years. I mean, I know our churches, we have articles of faith, which somewhat aligns with, you know, the Apostles' Creed. And I said, it's been years since I looked up the Apostles' Creed. So I said, wow, how can I? I said, I, I, we, I believe, we believe in God the Father. And, and so I had to get on my phone and I Googled the Apostles' Creed. And this is what is funny. When I Googled the Apostles' Creed, it brought up Apollo's Creed from Rocky series. <laughs> I mean, result after result after search result after search result. Apollo Creed from Rocky series. And finally, I saw Billy Graham, the Apostles' Creed, and I said, okay, here we go. But I hope that is not a depiction of the church today that we don't know who we are. We don't know what we stand for. We don't know how to explain what we stand for. Now, the video has gone in depth and showed us the creed, or read to us the creed, but a creed is, in basic form, a, a statement of, of beliefs of a religion. A creed is 
a statement of basic beliefs of a religion. In our case, we're talking about Christianity. We're not concerned with any other faith. All we're talking about is Jesus and what he came to establish for his church. You and I. And a creed takes a massive book. It takes the Bible. It takes God's love to his, his church. And it clarifies what we believe in and why it matters. Thus, it clarifies truth to every single one of us. What does the Bible teach us? It says that we ought to know the what? Truth. And it is the truth that will set us free. In our Bible, I love it because in our Bible we have 66 holy scripts. 66 holy books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Our Bible is written by about 40 authors in three different languages, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. It is inspired. It is inerrant. It is God-breathed, as 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all Scripture. It didn't say some, so if anyone want to challenge what you tell them, it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. Just in case you didn't know, if you back up, Chapter 2, verse 15, he tells us how important this word is to us. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Workmen needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you want to know how to navigate through life, it's going to take the word of God that's going to help you make it in any situation that you may encounter. In any situation that you may go through. Even Solomon told us there's nothing new under the sun. And all of life is vanity, but we need to understand something that God's word would give us the answers. It would give us the clues and the results that we need in order for us to be successful as Christians, as believers. So it is, it is the Bible is the most thoroughly documented work of all antiquity. It is the word of God. It is God's breath on paper. Whether you carry it in your phones, on your iPads, on your fire tablets, whether you carry a hardback, it is the word of God. I need it. You need it. We all need it. Somebody tell God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. I thank God for his word because... There are times when I'm down and I need the word to remind me to lift up your head, O ye gate. Be ye lifted up, you everlasting door, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. I need the word sometimes to tell me, amen, when I'm going through things in life that, lo, I'm with you always. Even until the ends of the earth, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's why the word of God is so important. So the creed, the apostles creed. Let's read this 
The Apostle Creed says, we believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose from the dead, ascended into the, in heaven, sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and from thence shall come to judge the quick and the dead. We believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sin, resurrection from the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now, to give you a little backdrop of the Apostles' Creed, history of the Apostles' Creed, I want you to understand that it is not written by the Apostles. It is, not, it, is, it, is, it is not written by the apostles, but it is the oldest creed of the Christian church. In its oldest form, the apostles' creed goes back to at least 140 A.D. And many of the early church leaders summed up their beliefs as they had opportunity to stand for their faith. Thus, they would use the apostles' creed to do so. Now understand it is not scripture, but it is a simple list of the great doctrines of the faith and clarifies the central points of Christianity that you and I can all remember. That's why the Apostles' Creed is what it is. Such doctrines such as God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the virgin birth, the fact that Jesus suffered, was crucified, he died, but praise God, he rose on the third day. Forgiveness of sins, I don't know about you, maybe you had little sin in your life, but I had a lot. I had a lot to be forgiven for, but I thank God that the lot that I brought to him wasn't too much for him, he was able to handle it. And I don't know who I'm talking to in this room today, but I don't care what you've been caught up in and where your life got stuck at. I want you to know when you come before my great God, God is able to forgive you of your sins and he's able to cleanse you of all unrighteousness and he's able to make you new in Jesus Christ where all things are passed away and all things have become new. Amen. That's to God. That's to God I'm talking about. Well, I believe in the resurrection of the body. That this, this is not my home. I thank God for it, but it's not my home. One day this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. And this mortality is going to put on immortality. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And they that remain shall be caught up in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. I don't know which flight you're going to be on, but in the Bible, in Thessalonians, it's 16, verse 16 and verse 17. I'm going to be caught up either in verse 16, the dead in Christ, so I'm going to be left here to be caught up in the twinkling of an eye, verse 17. Amen. I thank God that one day I'm going to pass on from this body, which means to be absent from this body, to be present with 
the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, then the last part says we believe in eternal life. Well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in the presence of our holy God. Somebody give him a great big hand clap of praise. These are things we can all agree on no matter what denominational affiliation you are. These are things that we all can agree on. So why is it important to have a solid foundation? Why is it important to have a solid foundation in the faith? Why is it important to have spiritual undergirding in the faith? Well, I discovered that there are some individuals that are trying to build spiritual skyscrapers on chicken coops. And when the least little wind comes, and when I say wind, I'm talking about the least little wind of doctrine. When the, when the new fad comes in, and the new new come in, and, and everybody want to be a part of this new, this new age movement stuff, amen. When the least little wind comes in, if your foundation is a chicken coop, I want you to know that your spiritual skyscraper is going to come tumbling down. This is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.11, no other foundation can be laid other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, somebody say this foundation. It's talking about Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation, oh my God, I love this Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And if what you've been doing goes in as wood, hay, and straw, what is fire going to do to it? It's going to burn it up. But if what you are doing comes from a place of integrity, comes from a place of love for Jesus, comes from a place for the love of God's church, and if it goes through as gold, silver, and precious stones, what does fire do to it? It purifies it. And God is saying you will be rewarded for what you've done. Hallelujah, somebody. So each one's work is going to be tested of what sort it is. This is why the foundation is so important. We must have strong spiritual undergirding. Thank God for a church that teaches strong spiritual undergirding. We didn't come to play games. It's almost like the angel of the Lord that showed up when Joshua was fighting. And Joshua was fighting and he looked and saw this great stature of an angel and he said, whoa, hey, I recognize, I recognize heaven when I see it. I recognize that this is something that we hadn't seen before. Whose side are you on? The angel of the Lord said, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. And God wants his church to know he didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. And when we, his children, give him free reign in our lives, he will begin to do the inevitable. He will begin to do the impossible in our lives. Amen, somebody. He will begin to do what we need in his church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why we must be a discerning generation. In the midst of all the heresies and doctrinal errors that are being taught, did you know that 
75% of people believe that they can go to heaven simply by being good? I'm a good person. Do you know Jesus? No, I don't, but I'm a good person. I don't do bad. I don't do evil. I just stay, sit at home. I'm a business. I'm going to heaven. 75%. That's a staggering number. This is why the church must be the church. And understand Acts 1 and 8. When he said, after you've received the Holy Ghost, you're going to have what? Power. Power to do what? Be witnesses. We got to go after that 75% and tell them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man is going to come unto the Father but by him. He's the only way. So the first statement of the Apostles' Creed is what I'm dealing with today. We believe in God, the Father Almighty. Make of heaven and earth. I begin thinking about this. I begin thinking, wow, I could, I could use Isaiah chapter, I could use Isaiah chapter 40, where the scripture says, Has thou not known, God speaking through the prophet, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, he is the only true God? And then he goes to verse 31 and says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be. I thought about uh, Job chapter 38, where Job, after he said everything he's had to say, and his friends have said everything they have had to say, God shows up in Job chapter 38 around verse 4, and Job says, Job, where were you when I made the earth, when I laid its foundations? Job, do you know the measurement of the earth? Job, have you ever walked on the seafloor? Job, dude, have you, what, what were you when all of this was taking place? I thought about all of these scriptures, but where I ended up at was Hebrews chapter 11. And this is what I want to deal with today because Hebrews chapter 11 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I want to deal with that last part, first of all. How bad are you seeking God? Do you know what diligently mean? Amen. It's, it's like, amen, I, I've, I've lost something so valuable, and I'm, I'm going to tear this house apart until I find it. God says, that's how bad I want you to come after me. You've lost something so valuable. I'm coming after you, God. I'm, I'm going to be like Jacob wrestling with the angel. I'm not going to let you go until you give me what I need. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do whatever it takes. But, but God, I recognize your presence, and, and I know that you are able to do what I need you to do right now, and I'm trusting in your word, God. God says that's the kind of church that I'm looking for. So he says, without faith, faith. And I thought about how the Bible says in Romans 12 and 3 that he's given us all a measure of faith. So God is saying, number one, I've already given you a piece of what you need to make it in this Christian walk. But how do you build faith for the future? You build faith for the future by looking at faith past. And when you build in faith for the future and you look at faith past, faith past shows you what God has already done. Touch somebody and say, I've come this far by faith. 
So if I've come this far by faith, I need to understand that if my God did it yesterday, he can do it again today. And he can do it again tomorrow. And so past faith is going to build my faith today to understand that my God delivered me yesterday. He healed me yesterday. And I may be dealing with something right now, but my God did it before and he can do it again. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. It's almost like it gives us a pause in the text. Must believe that he is pausing and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I begin to say, God, how can I close out the intro of this creed series and what do you want me to say? And, and then God says, I want you to tell them a little bit about me and my character and my nature. Tell them a little bit about who I am. And God says, tell the church that I am the great that I am that led Moses. Tell them that I was a cloud by day for the Hebrews, for the Israelites, and I was a pillar of fire by night for the Hebrews. Tell them that I am the God that walked with Enoch, and Enoch was not because I took him. Tell them that I am the omni God. I am omnipresent. I'm everywhere at the same time. I am omnipotent. I am all-powerful. I am omniscient. I'm all-knowing. Tell them who I am, son. Tell them that I am the God that saves. Tell them that I am the God that has chosen them. Tell them that I am the God that died for them. Tell them that I am the God that saves them. Tell them that I am the Lord that forgives. Tell them that I am the God that has purchased them with a price. Tell them that I am the God that has made them the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell them that I am the God that has made them kings and priests. That's, oh, you need to look down your row and tell them you don't know who you're sitting next to. You're sitting next to a king and a priest in Christ Jesus. Tell them, amen, that I am the God that knows what they're going through and tell them that I am the God that will give them an open door. He says, behold, I set before you an open door and no man can shut it. That's the God that we're talking about today and this is why I don't know about you, but this is why I believe what I believe because I serve a mighty God. And if that's not enough, who is God? He is Elohim. He is the almighty God, the powerful God. He is Adonai. He is the Lord all by himself. He is El Elyon. He is God most high. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord that is more than enough. He is Yahweh. He is the covenant God. Thank God for the covenant of Jesus with us. Amen. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord that provides for us. He is Jehovah Rophah. He is the God that heals us when we get sick. By his stripes, I decree and declare over this house, you were healed in Jesus' name. Amen. He is Jehovah. 
Jehovah Nisi. He is the banner of our lives. He is Jehovah Mekadesh. He is the Lord who sanctifies us. Amen. Sanctification is a process. So please be patient with me. Understand I may not be there yet, but I'm not what I used to be. And I thank God that I'm on my way heading to where God has taken me to. Amen. And he's sanctifying me, which is a process. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, my peace. He is Jehovah to sit canoe, the Lord, my righteousness. He is Jehovah Rohi. He is the Lord that is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. What are you worrying about? What are you stressing over? You need to know who your God is and you need to tell him, God, I'm going to stay sane. I'm going to keep my peace. I'm going to keep my joy and I'm going to rest right here because I know who my God is. And lastly, you need to know that he is Jehovah Shammah. He is the Lord that is there. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to know in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of what you're going through, God is right there. He's never left your side. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. That's the God that I'm talking about. Can we stand on our feet and celebrate our great God and how great he is and how wonderful he is and how powerful he is? He's the only God. Nobody else compares. He's in a class all by himself. He's God. Hallelujah. And I love the word of God because there's an Old Testament type that tells us this. It says, stand still and know that he is God. And there's no need to fight. For the battle is not yours. But the battle belongs to the Lord. Oh my God, I don't know who I'm talking to in this room today. But I'm telling somebody, I thought that I needed this world to make it. I lived a piece of my life in this world and I thought that I couldn't stop doing what I was doing. I thought I could never give it up. But one day on April 17th, 1994, I said, Jesus, all to thee. I surrender. All to thee I freely give. I surrender all Jesus and I fell on my knees and I repented of my sins. And on that day, Jesus saved me. And you know what he did? He began to subtract. Subtract. He began to subtract. Why, why does he have to subtract when he's a multiplication and an adding God? Every time you read in the word, he multiplies and adds. He had to take out everything that was hurting me. He had to remove friends that were dangerous for me. And then he had to fill my life. He began to add. And he began to add. And he began to add. And the next thing I knew, I looked up and I said, Lord, I'm complete. It's not in my bank account. It's not in the car I drive. It's not in the house I live in. God, I'm complete in you. 
the anointing of God in this house. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing out on. I'm telling someone in this room, if, if you would just say, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me of my sins. I repent. I acknowledge you as Savior. I acknowledge you as Lord. Come into my heart. Jesus will save you just like that. And oh, what joy you have. Oh, what peace you have. Oh, when we serve the Almighty God. But then, there are those of you that's here today that you need to know that He is God Almighty. Yes, He is. He is Father. He is maker of heaven and earth. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've You've, you've gone through the vicissitudes of life and maybe you've lost track of that and maybe you don't, you don't see him as the maker of heaven and earth and the God that is able to fix situations that have gone. The altar is open. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.